I want to talk about gossip a little bit. I really don't know what I want to say about it, but I want to explore and unbox this a little bit. Gossip is not something that I typically think about because I don't find it to be a big part of my life, at least until recently. I thought this is not really something that is within my bubble of reality. People don't, like, I don't consume a lot of gossip and people around me are not gossiping about other people. It's just not the, I wouldn't allow for that. I don't really like that. That's not really a big part of my life. But then recently I started thinking about it a bit more and I thought, well, you know, there's layers of gossip, right? There's also a way of how do you experience it? But if I'm honest, when it comes to the, is how much do I talk about other people while they are not present with people that know them? How often do I discuss a third party while they're not present? It's not that rare, especially within like family and friends. It's quite common. Now, out of the things that I will bring up about other people, how often are those positive things? Right? Because positive is really not considered gossip. Although even that to me is to some degree gossip. I don't know what the dictionary definition is, but this the act of discussing other people's lives without their presence, right? To me, that is, that is touching gossip, even if it's positive, even if it really is something that you say with admiration and everybody's happy for this third party person. Yeah. Still sort of talking about other people's lives, discussing other people's lives, right? Like you're cooking a bit of a soup and instead of putting in the, the soup that we should cook should mostly be full of the ingredients of our own lives, right? When you sit down to have a meal with me as a discussion or conversation, right? A, a meal of the souls, an exchange of the, the minds, we should have a pot and what we put in there should be about me and about you. That's the soup we should be cooking. The moment we start putting in ingredients of other people's lives, something murky is happening. Something, it's not quite clean. I can't put my finger on it, but it is, in some cases, it's because we want to avoid putting more of ourselves in this pot and eating it and sharing it. In other, other areas, it is a sort of like running away from something that I don't want to touch about myself. So I put a light on somebody else, either distraction or maybe as a safe way to touch on something. Even when we talk positively about other people, there are the moments where there's genuine happiness for someone and you know that that happiness will be shared by the person you're sharing it with, right? We both will feel complete happiness about person X, although they're not here. I think that's fine. That's probably kind of, an okay version, but even that, I don't know, even that is a slippery slope, right? How often has something like this started positive and then you'll, for whatever reason, both good friends will decide to do one more round of the possible negatives or find someone else that isn't doing as positive in their life or something, I don't know. It's very rare that you'll touch on somebody else say something really nice, both will celebrate it in their hearts, say a nice thing and keep it moving, right? And then just keep talking about themselves. <laughs> Once you've exited the, we're just putting in things about our own life and about us into the soup. Once you start involving the outside world, you sort of, it's very rare that you'll go back to just discussing the two of you in your own life. And I've noticed this recently with family members 
that discuss other family members, which seems to be the most normal thing. There's almost a, like, what else should we talk about? We touch on the weather. We talk a little bit about how you're doing. And then we'll discuss about anyone in the family we both know that we can think of that we have any kind of news or opinions to share on, right? And since I've had a lot of family time, I've noticed how much other people are being discussed, not necessarily excessively negatively or something, but just how much of the oxygen of the conversation is being consumed in other people's lives, like in other people's affairs. And and it started dawning on me that that is gossip to some degree. That is a, it's something about that that is not as real and as truthful as talking about us right now, which is the only topic that we really can fully express in truth and exchange in truth. Once we talk, once I say something about somebody else, you know, if you have an opinion on it, if you have a question about it, I mean, there's going to be, the person is not here to share firsthand what their life is all about or what this news is all about. I'm giving you a secondhand through my own mill changed version of this. And your response, you can't respond to the person. So you're responding to me and then I respond to your response. It's sort of a, we're baking bread, but we're using this highly processed flour. And it's like, as Germany, they call it toast bread, like that white bread that is just nothing. There's no nutrition in it, right? We're making bread, but there's, it's not nutritious because we can put the nutrients into what we're doing and what we're discussing because it's not our truth. It's not our life. We're not embodying. We're just second-handing our interpretation. Our summary, our version of, oh, did you know this guy fucked up this thing? Did you know this guy's business now is doing really well? Either way, it's like, what? why are we talking about somebody who's not here? Why? What really is the purpose? Because sometimes, very rarely, maybe you want to talk about somebody else because it impacts the person in the room or there's something really important and crucial that everybody in the room should know about. I, I don't know offhand in a scenario like that, but I'm sure there is. But in most cases, there really isn't. It's just a pastime. It's sort of a dirty pleasure, like watching reality TV. It's like you're just creating a little bit of reality TV by discussing other people's lives and other people's news instead of talking about yourself. And oftentimes it is a lückenfüller, as they say in Germany. That's a great word, by the way, lückenfüller, like a filler, right? Like you, you, you don't know what to talk about. And so you talk about other people. And with other people, you know, you can go a bit edgy, you can go a little juicy, you can be a little meaner, you can be a worse version of yourself because it doesn't affect anybody in the room. So you could just be like, well, they fuck things up. Now, if the person was in the room, you would be like, now, John, you fuck this up, huh? That's not how you would do it. But, you know, you can now since they're not here and everybody else can delight in the pleasure of maybe, you know, speaking a bit spicier about other people. People they know and they would never talk to that way. People oftentimes even they have a lot of love for, but there's maybe hidden grievances, resentments, or whatever else that can come out in the safety of a gossip round, in the safety of they're not present and you brought this up and you can you also love this person just like me, but you also 
are sort of okay if we talk a little shit about them. Although we don't feel like we're talking shit about them, right? Also, a kind of like a, they're such social creatures, right? It's kind of like a social currency almost that we share some information about another person. And also, in some cases, like, I think I do this sometimes, like almost like a, a safe alignment of, I tell something about another person in a certain way to kind of convey, oh, this is kind of how I feel about it. This person is doing to also then kind of gauge the reaction of the other person and say, oh, does this person feel the same way or do they view it completely differently, right? And it's not like I'm putting myself out there. It's more like, okay, I'm using that person as a kind of test <laughs> test dummy because... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we do this for a variety of reasons, right? Yeah. Uh, one is, let me see, do other people agree with my opinion? I'll just throw out what they do did and see what others say to compare to what I think and feel about this. Sometimes it is a social currency of, but like, I have something interesting and new to say, right? Oh, did you guys know what happened with blah? I have the news. And then everyone's attention is on you. You can tell the news and everybody will be excited. And it's sort of, you have a bit of a, you know, you have something valuable that you can use. But again, if you think about it, if you flip it, why isn't that about your own life? Why don't yeah. you have something that exciting to say about yourself? Yeah. Why don't you have curiosity to learn something on this level about someone in the room? And when that person told you this news, how honestly did you share with them your reaction? Because I think a lot of times that is also a factor. You tell me this thing has happened in my life. I now will give you a response that I think is safe, that you will agree with, that's okay, that will not create conflict within us. But secretly, I have a different response. Like I'll go, I'll tell you, you know what? I think, you know, you're all, you're right. You had all the right in the world to do this. But then secretly, what I really think is that's fucked up that you did that, right? But I didn't want to tell you. So now I carry this inside of me, this incongruency, this there's pressure inside of me that I want to express my truth because I haven't yet. So I'll call another friend and go, do you know what the fuck Ramin just did? This fucking thing. I think he sucks. Why did he do this? Why is he always doing this? And I'll, who do I call? I call the person that will most likely respond in the exact same way. If there's a friend I know that I don't think will respond that way, what the, what's the point? I'm not going to discuss it with that person to expand my worldview. I'll call somebody to be able to say what I really believe, right? And so I'm noticing this now. It, I've been thinking about this for a while, but it's been one of those things that has, has been slightly translucent. Like I just have been seeing it, but not solid enough to go, oh, this is an interesting thing in life that I've never really pondered but that exists. And I'm not sure why it's happening and what it does. I'm just kind of like falling into a template in the way that I do. And people know, which is a funny thing, like people know, I mean, my family, if somebody says, oh, your aunt had an operation in the knee and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. That's fine. Like I, I'll, I'll respond and ask some questions. If it's people that are not very close, people usually don't come to me to really like do the hardcore gossiping, what normal people would consider gossiping, like just talking badly about somebody for extended periods of time. Maybe because I, I don't know, maybe because I don't do this, don't enjoy it. I don't know why, but that happens very rarely. But just this morning, a funny thing that is happening is that, you know, I've invited a couple of friends to visit and this group of friends there's just this, this 
situation where there were a couple of questions some people had. And instead of asking me directly, they're asking somebody else about these things. And so that person then pings me and goes, they just ping me and ask, what about blah, blah, blah? What do you, what is, and I'm thinking, why isn't, why isn't somebody just asking me direct? Why do we have to do the kind of the silent post, you know, silent mail game? Like, why isn't it happening directly? And then I realized in this group of people, although they're all lovely people, there is, and although everyone would consider themselves to be very honest, there is a shyness around any kind of conflict. So when there's potential for conflict, people might feel much safer to go around and discuss things with other people instead of just talking to somebody directly. And in this case, I'm pretty sure that they're not aware of this, right? They, they wouldn't think about what they're doing as, why am I asking somebody completely different about this fact when I'm in communication with Stelly and I could just ask him about this thing that pertains to his life. It, there's another side to this. So the only time that I shit on people verbally, like that I'll gossip somebody or I'll get outraged about somebody's behavior that I can recall is very rarely when somebody does something that really like triggers me. And then I'll talk to you and I can step into a sort of half stand-up comedy routine of raging Steli, right? And we, the two of us, will laugh the entire time while I'm doing this. And it's funny. I find myself entertaining. I'll say ridiculous things. It'll be very funny. And I'll do it because I feel so safe with you. Like, it's a sort of a, I would never talk like this about anything in life with anyone else. Because with you, I know it'll never travel anywhere I know you know where my heart is at. I, I know you know what I'm doing. And it's a sort of like relief. Sometimes when too much pressure is built up, I could. And even then, sometimes I was wondering, like, why am I not doing this more often? Like, I do this maybe like twice a year with you, really. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's three times a year, maybe. It's not that often that I that I do this. But I've just noticed, maybe because I've been more social lately and back, being back in Europe, how much of the conversation of everyone with me, it revolves around other people that aren't in the room. And I'm like, this is so weird. This something about this doesn't seem, I don't know, it's not right or wrong or wholesome. It's like not, there's something about it that is off to me. That is a sort of a, and, you know, started with my practice when I started doing yoga, I remember noticing how my mind would go to other people and what other people are doing. And that's sort of when I started realizing that whenever my mind is busy with other people's lives, it's running away from the now. It's running away from myself, from my body, from my feelings. When I do yoga and I start thinking about, you know, you or my uncle or my mother, it's not random. In that moment, I didn't want to be in my body. I didn't want to be myself yeah. embodied. And so I run away in my thoughts to you. And when I do that, when people do that verbally with each other, it's the same thing. We're all deciding we don't want to be ourselves in this conversation right now. We don't have anything more we feel comfortable sharing and opening up to. So let's just visit these other people that we can safely discuss and debate that aren't here. You know, I, I thought of like some people in their 20s, I noticed this, are like they do this about quite often about people from social media. 
So, mm. you know, people that they've never, they don't know them. They don't, you know, and these people don't know them, but they just know, like they follow them on social and this and that. And then it's like, oh, you know, oh, it's almost like also if you think about like in the, in the olden days where they were like these magazines with celebrity gossip and it's like, oh, this actor and that actor, right? Where it's like, yeah, it's, it's so empty calories, right? In, in terms of uh, the fast food of humanity. I don't remember who said this once. This is an, maybe an extreme position, but somebody said something like, you know, only empty people discuss other people. Like, let's discuss ideas. Let's ex discuss experiences. But what you want to talk to me about is other people? Like, that's of no interest to me. We are very social creatures. We, why would we read books about other people's lives and, you know, movies and listen to other people's music? Like, we consume an enormous amount of other people-ness other people juices, you know, yeah. as a way to understand the world, things we'll never experience ourselves, to debate, to discuss, to organize our own value systems internally, right? We haven't experienced most of the values that we've developed on, and opinions on what's good. And that is not by direct experience. Like it's not because we have had an experience. It's yeah. by yeah. stories, right? Yeah. By stories of other people and opinions of other people and responses of other people. So to some degree, this is always going to be part of the human experience. But I think we ought to be very careful how much of this is part of yeah. our experience, because it's a very fine line between learning and like unpacking and using someone else's life to enrich all of us. We're losing ourselves to that exercise. And when we're losing and avoiding the abyss of the two of us are sitting here and we talked a little bit about superficialities. And now all those easy topics are gone. And now we sit mm -hmm. here and what shall we talk about next? You know, there's nothing. Now we either go deep or we run away and bring somebody who's not here into the discussion and paying attention to that impulse and going, well, if, I, if this is the end of the conversation, maybe we should not meet or meet for much shorter periods of time. But mm -hmm. running to the cheap topics of, did you know that John has blah, blah, blah? What the fuck? And then... The more excited the other person is, it's the worst, the more excited we all are about this, the worse yeah. we, the worse the current moment is. That is an expression not of, ah, we found something finally we are all hyped about, talking about, but it's an expression of, wow, is there a lot of emptiness? Wow, is there a lot of fear of opening up? Wow, is there a lot of tension? And finally, relief, you know, let's talk about someone who's not here and ooh even better if it's juicy juicy meaning something terrible something bad something we we can look down upon right it's part of why people love reality tv shows is watching people being dumber than you mm -hmm. so you can feel superior without having to move off the fucking couch right you don't even have to live life at all and you somehow think you're better than these people i would never do this stupid thing it's like you're not doing anything you know you're just sitting on the couch that is the dumbest thing ever that person is maybe dumb but they're like dumb on television and you're watching them they're not watching you and you life right yeah. yeah you're right maybe in today's world it's more people following social media people and then you know it's only interesting ever if these social media uh, personalities have beef and drama and heartbreak and this influencer dated that influencer but then on an instagram story they're making out with somebody and oh my god and then there's a million little young people commenting on things and then they're fighting and they're bullying each other online that drama is the the tornado everyone is running towards 
to not face themselves in the mirror. Mm -hmm. They're like, let's run towards the tornado and die because that seems safer than looking in the mirror and realizing the terror of my life and my soul. Not just when we're alone, the value of stillness extends towards others, right? If you don't have something to share and if you're not interested in others in a deeper way, if you have to bring in people who Mm -hmm. aren't here into the room What is going on in this moment inside of you? What is going on? Most likely, nothing good. Stay with it. Stick with it a little bit. Unpack that and find the courage to discuss your life, your truth, your experience, much more so than anyone who's not there to fully express that truth, right? That's interesting. What I just thought, like, I'm talking shit about you to you. And then I was making a a joke that I would like, I'll call our friend and tell them all about it, right? Because we're just talking about gossip. And just as I was saying it, I realized I would never do this when it concerns to you. There are people that are too private for me to discuss with others, right? With sort of a, and that's, that's actually not always good. Here's where it's problematic, I think, or where talking about somebody who isn't in the room can be a good thing at times. It's when it concerns you, when you're talking to someone not to be confirmed in your opinion necessarily, or let's say there's conflict between the two of us, and I talk shit about you to Sophie because I just want Sophie to, to also talk shit about you so I feel confirmed in my feeling that you are terrible. Maybe there's a little bit of value in that, but you know you can really overdo that. There's not a lot of calories in that kind of a conversation. But if I have some conflict with you that I'm conflicted about myself, where I'm not sure Am I right? Am I wrong? What should I do here? Is this, is that? It can be a really good thing to have a friend to talk about it as like a, hey, give me advice or let me say it out loud. Here are the feelings, here are the thoughts. What do you believe? And what I'm seeking is personal advice. I'm not seeking for you to talk to me about the other person or to tell me that the other person is bad or to be the judge when the other person isn't there to make their own case. It's more of a, I have trouble in my own life to figure out what to do about this situation with Ramin. And it's a slippery slope. That can be, I think, very valuable, but you can also use that to, you know, going to all the people you think will agree with you so that you feel emboldened in, I knew I was right, but you really didn't know and didn't learn anything new because you just talked to people that you were sure would have the exact same opinion as you. But it can be a problem sometimes, especially with people that are very close to us, to not have anyone that you can discuss, like to be so private that there's nobody you could ever talk honestly to about the things that you have problems with when it concerns to this person. A lot of people have this with their significant other. I, for certain, have had this where I was married and I had a lot of grievances, a lot of things that I was struggling with, but nobody I felt comfortable talking to because it felt sort of this person is the mother of my children. There's nobody I want to talk about her to, like, especially because I don't have many great things to say right now. Like most of them are negative and I don't want to do that. That, you know, again, anything excessive is bad, right? Like having nobody on earth that you can like even vent to once in a while or openly share something really negative, even with a person that's very dear and near to your heart and you love deeply, that can also be a sort of 
prison and bad for you. Like when you have these feelings and there's nobody you could ever talk to, that can be bad as well. And I think I I definitely have that tendency sometimes when people are very close to me, then and something like if you irritate me, I'm kind of fucked because there's there's not many people I feel like there's nobody that I would ever be like, I'm going to call Blyde, t- tell him about this problem I have with Ramin. I'm just going to sit here and cook this soup until I figure out a way to talk to you about it, right? Or I resolved it. But there's nobody that could just like let it out. So in in again, sometimes letting out too much is bad, but sometimes holding in too much and too long yeah. is bad, right? I think I have that tendency also. A little bit sometimes. <laughs> Mr. Black Box. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I remember, wasn't it just like two weeks ago? And this was not even a conflict where you shared with me something you were going through. And you're like, there's nothing you can say. And I just had to share yeah. it to share it and doesn't feel good at all. Or, But, you know, people do it. So I did it. So it's done yeah, now. Yeah. And then the next thing you're like, maybe this helped. I'm in a slightly yeah. better mood now. Maybe this <laughs> whole sort of talking about things with friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely kind of, I think, at the developmental stage of a, I don't know, five-year-old in that regard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, it's tricky sometimes. I... I, I think it's in the recognition, which is very difficult in the moment of how long am I pondering this or worrying about this without progression, without progress or movement. I've been thinking about this for the past five days. Have I progressed? No. Am I going anywhere? No. It's just a mounting tension. I think that's a sure sign that expression is important. Now, like you have to find a way to release some pressure and For me, sometimes what works really well these days is to write. Like when I write it out, sometimes, even if it's a thought I thought a million times, and I think there can't be any value in writing the words. I know them. Just doing that helps. And sometimes it's expressing it and sharing it with somebody that you trust, not necessarily with the desire that they will solve the problem for you or they will have the perfect piece of advice or no, just so that you have a witness for your internal world, that you witness your internal world through the mirror of another person, that you had a chance to say the words out loud to another human in a kind of a safe environment with somebody that will listen and understand, regardless if they can solve. I always thought, what's the point of doing it if I know the person can solve my problem, that I'm just adding problems to their life. Being listened to and by someone that you trust and respect and honor and just being like, okay, you know, you can share this and they're okay with it. And maybe it's something that you're not proud of or, you know, but yeah, all right, I still love you. You're awesome. You have this or you do that, but it's still all good. It's almost like a way of putting some things a little bit in perspective or also seeing, hey, this is not as terrible as it felt. This is a lot of other things. Yeah, sometimes just sensing that you have spoken the words out loud someone that knows you heard them and the world didn't end, like things are fine. That alone can give a sort of comfort that can help to take the next step towards a decision or to address the person that really it regards and revolves around. So talking to people to be seen, to be heard, that in and of itself is very, very valuable and important for us. We can't figure out life just inside. Like this is the the sort of duality of the 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 challenging duality of our existence is that on the one hand, all of reality happens just inside of you. On the other hand, all of reality really 
happens completely outside of you. And you have to marry those two things. If you're too much in one or too much in the other, you're sort of out of balance. You can't really understand yourself if you can't experience yourself through the reactions of other people. You can't really understand the reaction of other people or uh, until you understand how you internally respond to things. It's the real, the, the dance between the inside and the outside. And when whenever we get stuck too much in one or the other, when we're just reflecting and pondering and worrying and thinking and analyzing, it's too much inside world and it sickens us. It's the sort of like thing that makes us unhealthy and we need to open the windows and let some wind in and some free new oxygen and express it to another human and make it real through through saying it out loud. In the same way, sometimes in some areas in our lives, we are too external, too action-based. There's zero reflection. There's zero taking stock internally. There's zero really sensing inside. It's just a outside, 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 outside. And, and there, the exact opposite is required. Slow down. Take a moment to take stock inside and see, how do I feel? Why do I do this? What is my opinion on people that behave this way? What is my opinion on myself? So yeah, talking to others sometimes is is important. And I remember giving this advice to a friend that got married right around the time that I got separated from my wife, where I told him, and I knew that he's also a very private person. And I told him, listen, during my marriage, I didn't have a single friend I felt comfortable with talking about my marriage. Like my, my marriage was kind of off limits for any human. I advise you find one person, one, doesn't matter who it is, just one person you can talk about your marriage openly and honestly and discuss the things that are ugly and that are, you know, difficult and that are, and maybe this is part of the rise of therapy in today's world. Maybe part of the rise of that is that we don't have maybe close enough friendships and relationship or we don't have the kind of friendships that are not always just problem solving specific, right? Where people are so rational and logical today. And we, we, we highlight that so much in society and everything is about like, what's the solution? What is the thing? And so we don't have friendships anymore where we just listen, you know, we can just like hear someone and not necessarily have an opinion or an advice. I don't just have to trust you that you won't go outside and tell other people my private secrets about my marriage, let's say, I also have to trust you, which is the most difficult part, maybe that you won't either judge me or my partner so harshly that I've now altered your opinion on this person that I love, right? Because this grievance I have now might be over in a week, but you, you're not reconciling. You're not like feeling the resolution of the emotions because we're now hugging and everything is fine. You just heard some shit from me about everything that's terrible about this person. Yeah. And next time we all go to dinner, you and your wife and I and my wife, we go to dinner. If you're a little colder to my wife, that now interests me because I'm like, now I'm at fault for making you feel lesser of this person that I really care about. Yeah. So I need to trust you that you can listen to that without your relationship deteriorating to the person, without you saying anything to anybody and with having the ability to, maybe sometimes you can challenge me or have a solution or have a different perspective. But oftentimes, can you just hold space? That's tough to do for most of us. So because all of these factors are very hard to find in a friend today, I don't know if that was that was ever different. People go to therapy, right? Like the one positive thing about therapy is that you can talk to somebody and you can talk very honestly. And that person has no 
stakes in the game, right? They don't know these people. They don't care about anybody else than listening to you. And they won't tell anyone. They won't have a better, like they're trained to not gossip, right? To not go, oh my God, I can't believe this person did this to you. They suck, right? They have more in the, huh, tell me more about the situation kind of, you know, they got, they are professionals. They have training and listening and like, you know, reflecting some back to you and allowing you to not reflect back and then giving you some tips, but maybe, you know, that sort of thing where a lot of friends, a lot of people's friends would either gossip or they would judge them or the other person too harshly, or they would excessively problem solve. You know, it's another bummer. You talk to a friend about a problem and then they are hell bent on solving it for you. And it feels so unsatisfying. You're just like, I, I really, I thought about these things. I really don't need you to be a hero. And then it, it sort of flips the dynamic around where you needed somebody and now they need you to yeah. like their solutions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah, need yeah. to be the hero for you. Now all of a sudden it's about them. It's about their solutions. And you're like, what the fuck? This is not what I needed. I didn't come here for you to feel great about your solutions. I came here so somebody makes me feel better about my problems. So it's tricky, but I think it's incredibly valuable to try to cultivate friendships or a at least friendship that is like that, where you can safely talk to about your deepest secrets, about your biggest challenges, about other people sometimes, right? And maybe if you do it twice a year, it's fair enough to vent, you know, because that's also part of being human. That should not be demonized necessarily if it's done as artfully as I do it with you, which is like a performance of sorts you know, sometimes. But cultivating a type of friendship that can have, that can be that space for you. And it should always feel a little risky. This is another thing. I think some people will go, I have a friend like this. I can always talk to Bob because Bob will always agree. Bob will always listen. Bob always makes me feel better. But then, then it's not that type of friendship. Not fully yet, right? It is some portions of it, but not all of them. I feel that the moment it feels too safe, it's probably not it. It should always have a little bit of a risk involved. It's a bit at the edge because that means that there's a possibility of disagreement. There's a possibility that your friend will challenge you. You do this all the time for me. You do it, you know, because you're a man of few words and few expressions. You don't have to do much, right? Like you just look slightly, you know, slightly like pondering, really? Like your look can just say, really? I'm already like, ah, God damn it. You know? And it doesn't mean I agree with you or not, but it's right. that slight like inconvenience that this person, no matter how much they love me, no matter how supportive they want to be, they will not follow me into a lie if their truth is different just to cuddle me, right? They might do it nicely. They might do it gently. But if they disagree, they'll go, you know, when you disagree vehemently with me most of the time, unless I attack you, it's sort of a very gentle, huh? I'm surprised this is your opinion, Steli. Hmm. I have to think about this. This is all the challenging I need. You And you know me. And then for me, it's like, now I'm going to ponder this for a couple of days. Like, I'm not missing this. This is not a hint that is too subtle. And so, yeah, you should be, it should be the sort of relationship where oftentimes they listen, sometimes they agree, but sometimes it should be the kind of 
friendship where they disagree or they challenge or they point you in a direction that feels really unpleasant. That's then kind of the full circle of this is the type of person that I can open up and share my inner truths with in a way that will make me better and that will help me. In a way, this podcast sort of morphed into that and then <laughs> because we, because I don't give a fuck or because I found it personally challenging, we sort of thought, let's publish everything. But most of our conversations, especially the really good ones, are the ones where I forget completely that there's anyone else on this call. And I tell you the things I can only tell you. But then because I told you once it's recorded, if anyone else wants to listen, that's cool with me. But if somebody else was on the call and I should tell them, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that, right? So it's sort of the private conversations with my best friend published afterwards, right? In the name of, I don't know what, you know, the personal growth in the name of something, an experiment uh, challenge. But it sort of started as we're going to experiment with talk about different things that I find interesting or challenging. And then it turned into every day I was doing so much inner exploration and I had these aha moments, all these struggles, all this pain. And we just started talking about that stuff every day. And I started sharing that, you know, in painful detail daily. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so it's good to have somebody to talk to and to talk to about some of your closest relationships, but that's very different from you at a birthday party and you're talking about your old neighbors and, you know, your school friends and your cousins. And you talk about especially like the highs and lows of their lives and what they're doing and what they're not doing, or even public personas. That to me seems even crazier to be like, did you know, I read on Twitter that this person did this thing and that person did that thing empty calories you're sitting here you know and you're eating and eating and eating and eating and you'll never get satisfied and satiated and nourished because in this soup there's nothing like it's just stale dead water that you're but it's very salty or very sweet and so you just keep shuffling it in and everybody's getting more and more rageful in how much they shuffle the soup And because there's so much, ah, yeah, I want more, I want more, I want more. Something in our brain goes, well, this must be very satisfying since I can't control myself and I want more and more and more. But if you're really in touch with your body, you can sense that there's a, where your heart was, now there's a black hole, there's an abyss, and there's no filling it. Whatever you do, it just expands the black hole. You just feel emptier and emptier and emptier. And that makes you go into this sort of rage, into this frenzy of sorts that's never filled when that's the sort of things you're discussing when that is how conversations are filled when you're around friends and families and people in your life yeah maybe it's time to like step back and and ponder that i never thought about this as i said i I, the gossip is not something i ever thought about i didn't think it's really a part of my life and i you know in comparison, if you put, if you wanted to put something on a scale, I would definitely be on the very lower end, I think. But I still have now noticed how much people talk to me about other people's lives and other people's things. And I'm like, huh, I've never even pondered why we're doing this. Like, I never even reflected. What is this? Why are we talking about somebody who's not here? It's interesting, I think, to reflect and to like, be aware of that. 
And of the opposite, what is an area of my life there's nobody I could talk to about? That's a really powerful question. What is something in my life today that I could talk to about with nobody? I have no one I could discuss this with. It could be some people are like, you know, my business, like I'm an entrepreneur and what is really happening in my business, I cannot talk about to anyone. Not to advisors, not to investors, not to employees, not to my co-founders, no, to nobody. Well, fuck, right? That immediately puts you in a position where you're not healthy. You're going to be at your worst, not at your best. You need to find and cultivate somebody. Maybe the better word is cultivating because there's no finding. Nobody will instantly be great at this for you right out of the bat. You're not going to be great at this. Your first experiences are not going to be fulfilling once you open up a little bit. The first opening up is never great. You're like, I knew this is nothing and it feels like nothing. So you have to cultivate and work on this. But if there's any area of your life, doesn't matter if it's business, your relationship, your children, your happiness, your spirituality, your body, your sexuality, whatever it is, we all have taboos or areas where maybe we we don't know who we would talk to. Asking what is something I, I don't discuss with anyone and can't express to anyone? Or who is someone I cannot discuss or express advice or to get feedback or reflection on? These questions are great trailheads that can lead to interesting places, unexpected places.